This is Adam from Unstoppable Actors Studio in Scotland. And this is Jared from Actors Approach in America. And together, we are two guys talking craft. A one-hour podcast where we talk about the craft of acting. Explore the various acting techniques from all the master acting teachers. And help you grow your acting skills. Two guys talking craft. Two guys talking craft. It sounds much better when Adam says it. Yeah, it does. This is Two Guys Talking Craft. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, all. Welcome, welcome back to Two Guys Talking Craft, our first episode for 2021. And it is incredibly exciting to be back. Welcome to episode 12 of Two Guys Talking Craft, where I'll be joined in just a little second with my fabulous friend, Jared Kellner, uh, from Actors Approach Craft Technique Toolbox. And we're going to be diving into the world tonight of creating characters uh, using animals. It is, uh, you know, maybe something quite different, maybe something you haven't heard about before. Um, perhaps you have. Um, but we'll be, and I'll just be joined by the man himself in a minute. Jared is coming, everybody. Oh! A very animalistic entrance tonight, Jared. Whoa! I feel it. I feel the animal power instantly. <laughs> Happy New Year, Jared. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New I mean, Year. How was your, your holidays? Your New Year's, everything good by you? It's all good. It's all good. I, I mean, over here in the UK, we've all been told to stay in our houses and uh, not see anybody. So... Other than that, it's 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 all good. I can't complain. And and over there, stateside. Okay, I guess. Um, I think uh, I'm living maybe in denial a little bit. Um, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm rehearsing uh, my play. We're supposed to perform to a limited audience um, at the end of January. So hopefully, you know, the government doesn't shut us down. We're we're taking all the uh, precautions, you know, masks and temperatures and all that good stuff. So hopefully it, it actually happens. I've got everything crossed for you, man. And yeah, hey, just, you. Just alone to be be rehearsing a play right yeah. now and, and to be going through that process is still, yeah. yeah, an amazing thing, right, I guess. But it, I really hope you get that payoff in, in the end as well of yeah. doing it for an audience. But, e even um, if we play to, a you know, an audience of one, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll mark it up as a win. Sure. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, yeah, here we are, Jared, in 2021. Uh, first episode of Two Guys Talking Craft for the year. And it's a good one today, right? We've got a lot planned. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I think the craft technique of using animals as the foundation to develop character is one of the most powerful tools that is available and i say not just limited to animals but insects too which people think you know because they're so small that you can't really capture it and that may be true in some cases because they're so small but there are some insects a praying mantis as an example um comes to mind but using animals and insects as well as other objects it's such a powerful tool to help you create something that you would have never thought of if you hadn't used that particular animal so i'm excited I, i'm very excited and i and i think that's that's it right it's just when i first got introduced to this technique i spent a lot of time in a sort of drama studio rolling about a floor being like, what is this about? What, what is all this stuff? You know, and like, um, I think my first introduction, we had to go to London Zoo, observe an animal, all that stuff. Yeah. And then we took it back into the, the studio and things. And then it wasn't until I started distilling it into a character that I really thought, wow, that, that is hugely, hugely impactful. All the penny dropped sort of thing. But I guess it's, yeah. a, it's a process, right? Creating characters through animals. Um, there's various phases, various stages to sort of go through to then get, that payoff, I guess, at the end where everything just seems to come together with it. It's a fun yeah. thing as well, right? It's it's fun and it's fun to just explore. I, I, you know, like with every other acting craft technique, when you explore a role, a relationship, a moment through a specific tool, animals in this case today, it helps you stumble upon moments in the text and give you new insight into your understanding of that text that you would have never had 
had you not been using that particular animal in that particular moment. And even if at the end of the day, you don't use any of it, the process for discovery is beneficial. Yeah, yeah. And I also think this technique is it's hugely beneficial when you don't have that huge amount of time, maybe, to, to prep a character. Like if, if you want to bring something quite interesting, sure. maybe into an audition process or whatever, something with a, a bit of a different yeah. flavor, that this, this could be something that just automatically makes you stand out from the crowd a little bit as well, as long as it's justified and, you know, the, the character choices justified you've made. Justified and, and it's uh, realistic human behavior. Right, the essence of the animal, not the literal animal. Right, we don't want to walk into an audition room and uh, so I'm an elephant and I'm a, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do something that's so representational of the animal. That that's not it, right? You yeah. you want to embody the psychology, the essence, the rhythm, the tempo, the power, the the centers of balance, any physical limitations. And through the exploration process, eventually translate that into realistic human behavior that has an essence of that animal, whether it's the physical or the psychological aspect of it. Uh, but it just, it has a hint of it, but it's not a pure representation of that animal on stage. It's sure. The character's animalistic. They have qualities about them that are really interesting and really unique, but it, it, it's not instantly noticeable to the audience. Like, oh, he's doing a panther, or oh, he's doing an eagle. Oh, that guy looks like a meerkat. It's not that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, it is true to life, right? You can literally walk in, not right now, because we're in the pandemic or in 2021, but you could walk into a crowded room and you can spot people walking about with these animalistic qualities as well, right? It's it's not far-fetched sure. whatsoever. It's, yeah, uh, sure. um, and I, I guess this is something, right, now that we're, we're going to walk through some exercises. Yeah. We're going to sort of switch up between coach and actor and all that stuff. I guess this is something that people at home could take part in as well and join in right. with us like, if they wanted. They, they could pick their own animal that they're exploring through these exercises and, um, yeah, sort of explore with us. Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm thinking about some, I think, like really classic and, and famous uh, character roles that like are instantly noticeable as unique physicality that um, what I understand was based on certain types of animals. Um, so, uh, I mean, you think about The Godfather, right? And you think about Marlon Brando and the, the story is that he, he packed his jowls with gauze or paper or cotton balls or something to bulk him up, but so like a bulldog. And that, that whole, what the essence mm. of it was, the, the foundation started as a bulldog or Dustin Hoffman as Ratso Rizzo. I mean, that's a literal there. Like you see him in um, uh, Midnight Cowboy. Um, he, his mannerisms, like that's a human translation of a rat. It's beautiful yeah. work. It's absolutely beautiful work. Um, mm. I saw um, Al Pacino on Broadway in a play called Salome a long time ago, and he was clearly a snake. And mm. it was so beautiful, like it, his fluidity and the way that he was just like, just, just enjoying that role. It was just so beautiful to watch it come to life. So it's, yeah. it, I mean, all, all of the master actors uh, have at one point explored this. So it's an absolutely valid technique. It's got it's huge layers of depth, right? And 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 you've applied it in the past as well, right, Jared? Right, insane. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I um, yeah. one of the roles that I use. So you know, I, you and I we we picked an animal that we wanted to explore today, and um, I had used a crocodile in the past, which is what I'll use today. And it, um, I, I chose it because I loved doing it, and I loved that particular animal so much. Um, that I thought I would just have fun re-exploring it. But I'm using it for the play that I'm doing right now. Um, I, in addition to a lot of other techniques that I'm, I'm doing, I'm using a, a baby fawn on unstable legs. And what it did for me in the rehearsal process was by exploring that animal physically on the floor, and we'll talk about you know sort of what that process is and how to translate it, but I ultimately changed the way that I actually walk while I am the character <clears throat> on stage. When I walk, you know, as me in life, it's heel, toe, heel, toe, heel, toe. 
But I discovered that while I'm walking heel toe, heel toe on stage as the character, I felt sturdy and strong. And by walking toe, heel, toe, heel, toe, heel, it made me feel like I was on unstable ground. And I would not have discovered that had I not been exploring a baby fawn on unstable legs. And so now throughout the entire play, while I'm walking around, I'm walking toe, heel, toe, heel. And it makes me feel so uh, fragile. And mm. that's really beautiful to support the character that I'm working on. Yeah, yeah. It's just that, it just goes back to that <laughs> hidden layers that can be discovered, right? Like, like it's as you say, you're, you're not going on the stage right now saying, I'm a baby fawn, I'm a baby fawn. However, you've made that discovery of the, the toe heel, yep. which then just embodies this vulnerability, which then sort of feeds what, what yeah, you're doing, absolutely. right? Yeah, right. absolutely. If I need to fulfill the emotion of being in a state of vulnerability, many actors will go to, okay, well, what was a past event that I had in my life where I was made to feel vulnerable, right? A, an emotion memory, an emotion recall process, absolutely valid technique, right? And they would recreate that past event in order to um, stimulate that feeling of vulnerability in you. Well, this is a means to an end. Instead of trying to find a life experience by embodying the essence of the animal through physical movement, heel toe heel toe in this i mean toe heel toe heel and in this case this baby fawn my body recognizes that as feeling vulnerable so i'm able to fulfill that emotional and that character state of being in the state of vulnerability by simply walking in a different way that was discovered and stimulated by me exploring an animal of a baby fawn it's mm. yeah yeah i mean going going back to your Brando as well, right? With the gauze, like all, all he needs to do is fill his cheeks with that, and then he's he's got the thing going on, isn't it? Like he's just yeah. like he's embodying that level of power, that level of I don't need to move for anybody, sort of thing. Like um, beautiful, and it's just just with that, isn't it? Just like with that one one tweak. Yep. Um, so no, it's, it's fascinating, but we do need to, as we said, go through a process yeah, to play. get to that point of refinement, right? And the process is quite messy, it's quite exploratory. The the whole animal exploration of like floor work and, 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 and sort of that, that sort of physicality. As an actor, it does, it does slightly fill me with the, the fear of doing that. It just was like completely letting go, completely abandoning all sense of self. And um, yeah, like, like just being a bit silly, really. Like, like um, it's always that thing. I don't know, people say, ah, oh, you're an actor, you know, like, oh, what's it, you just go along, pretend to be a tree all day and stuff. And you're like, but then when you do something like this, you're like, can I am that, that actor pretend to be a tree rider. However, it is that thing of you need to go to this place to get to that place of refinement to make those discoveries and things. And uh, at the end of the day, if you don't like occasionally just let yourself go and be like, I, I don't care what people think. I, I don't care if I look like an idiot right now. I don't care if I look silly. You can't be an actor, right? I, I genuinely think that's a side to acting that you just can't get. Around. There, there can't be any self-consciousness in, in terms of that, you know? No. Um, hey, just curious. Do, do am I coming across choppy video wise to you, or or am I okay right now for you? No. Well, am I? You're coming across choppy. I just wanted to see if it was um, my side or your side. Um, oh, but I, I I can hear you fine. Um, so we'll, oh, okay. we will plug ahead. Um, <clears throat> so th there was a a comment that Sanford Meisner made uh, that's talked about a while, and it was. He had said it takes 20 years to learn how to become an actor. And a lot of people, um, a lot of people, uh, oh, so yeah, Andrew said you're coming across choppy. I think you're, you're coming back into focus. Oh, geez, uh, right. Yeah. So a lot of people look at that to say, well, it takes 20 years to study all the different techniques to, to learn all the different tools and processes to becoming an actor. And that may be true, but the, the way that I really look at it is, I, I think it takes a while, right? In 20 years, it might be an arbitrary number, but it takes a while for you to get to a place in your life where you don't give a shit about what people think, right? And this feel of this inhibition or this feeling of embarrassment of crawling on the floor and being a, a snake or being a, a ferret or, or, or being a tree, right? And having a sense of embarrassment. At some point in our journey as actors, we just don't give a shit anymore. And look, if you want to be embarrassed for me because you see me acting a fool on the floor, okay, that's fine. 
I don't care. And so it, I, I do think it takes time, 20 years maybe, but it takes time for you to get to the place in your life where you just don't give a shit and you just go. And that freedom is so important and essential for you to be able to go on that journey of exploring animals. Because if you're not at a place in your life where you're willing to just look a fool and just be mm -hmm. silly and crawl on the floor and make noises for the purposes of trying to discover new moments, new emotions, new physicality, just making discoveries, this won't work for you. So if you're judging yourself in any way, it's not going to work. You just have to throw caution to the wind and just go play. And on top of that, I think as well, when you first start this technique, um, another one is like people think they have to embody this perfect version of the animal that they've observed. Yeah. They get hung yeah. up on it. I think that is something in the beginning stages as well, whereas it just goes back to exactly what we've been talking about at the top of today's episode, is this is exploratory. This is you making some finding, and it is not. Like it was when I did this way, way back in drama school, there was guys like, Saying you know Ben Wishaw, do you know Ben Wishaw, the uh, guy? He's he's in James Bond. He's like huge. He's an English actor, like um, Shakespearean guy and stuff. And people at the drum school like Ben Wishaw when he did his horse, it was the most amazing horse you ever saw. And like people <laughs> were like, you just you just was like, wow, he became the horse and all this stuff. And it's like, but that's not the point in this. The point of this isn't creating this beautifully depicted animal, this poetry in motion, this is exploratory. This is you making discoveries, making findings. So I, I think that's two things, two common misconceptions that put people off of this this technique. And like, I, I know it's something I felt very, very early on. Um, and I think it's important to get over that and yeah. also be aware of. Yeah, it's, something, it's a natural thing to feel if you're just yeah. trying out for the first time. Uh, I was just thinking about Jeff Goldblum. Um, what was the, the, the fly where he turns into the fly? Yeah. Do you remember that movie? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, he went into this, this machine, this metamorphosis type machine, and uh, a fly happened to go in, and, and over time he, he transforms into this fly. Um, and then I, I think about like the Spider Man as uh, um, a, a role. I, look, I, I, I would think that if an actor could if it wasn't a superhero thing, right? If they were really going to embody the essence of a spider to create a Spider-Man, that they would be able to really create some beautiful and interesting physicalities, right? And certainly, the, you know, the way that, you know, he climbs up on the wall, it you know, makes perfect sense. I, I get that. But there may be other aspects of a, a physical character that could be discovered by really embodying the essence of uh, the character, I mean, of the animal. Yeah, one million percent, one million percent. So, so yeah, like, that's a lovely introduction. Yeah, good theory. Of, yeah, good know, theory. I, 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 uh, yeah, through animals, and and I guess we'll we'll just jump back and forth, Jared. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a yeah. little, like, and I mean, Jared and I, we've learned this technique. We've learned yeah. in opposite sides of the pond and in different sort of places. So there might be slight variations in like yeah, how right. we explore this. Like what, but generally we'll coach each other, right? Well, we just sort of take turns and coaching yeah. each other through yeah. a little. Uh, exercise. So, um, any preference, Jared, to coach or to be the um, performer first? Well, I, so I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be the teacher first. Um, but I want to talk just for a little bit more before we jump in about the the process, right? Mm. So, certainly you can pick any animal, uh, an arbitrary animal, or you can read the script and you can get a sense of what you think this character is, what animal you think this character is. There's no right or wrong, right? We're just trying to discover. But one of the ways that I have uh, discovered to help me narrow down my animal choices, there's a really cool website called uh, whatanimalami.com. And it's this uh, psychological analysis that you, you answer uh, maybe 20 questions, something like that. And it's, you know, like a personality assessment type uh, questionnaire. And at the end of it, it tells you, you, you know, you, you are a ferret or you are, you know, um, a lion or you are, you know, an elephant or whatever it is. And so you answered the questions as the character would, as opposed to you. And by answering the questions as the character, 
at least at least it points you in the right direction of maybe a, a type of an animal, uh, you know, as opposed to a bird, maybe you're a reptile or something like that. And it can give you the psychology of the animal, which then will help inform some other decisions. So the starting point could be completely arbitrary. Hey, I want to, you know, I want to do a flamingo. Let's just see what happens if I do a flamingo. Or based upon what you understand in the character and the script, um, who they are, the relationship, the, the location of where this is taking place, you may have an instinct, something pulling you towards, hey, I think I want to go explore this particular animal. And that whatanimalami.com uh, questionnaire is a great way to sort of validate if your instincts uh, may be right or you may be totally off base. So that's great. Uh, Can you pop it in the chat for people, Jared? What is it? Uh, I'll do it right now. What animal am I dot com? Yeah. 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 Real simple. No. Yeah. You introduced it to me the other day. I'd, I'd never seen it before. It's such a cool idea. That it's what very, animal yeah. am I dot com. It's going in the chat for you guys in case you're taking notes. We hope you are. <laughs> um, and then, um, look, you, you and I have gone in the past to the zoo. And we've had the opportunity to, you know, study the animals live and watch them. Obviously, now on YouTube, you can go pull up any animal that you want and, and go watch those videos. So what you're ultimately looking for in your research before you get on the floor, you want to do a little bit of research and try to identify categories, things like, are there any physical limitations? So I said, I'm doing a crocodile. So clearly a crocodile can't stand up on, on, on the hind legs like a kangaroo might. So there's a physical limitation. And, and the shorter legs may create some limitations in the way that I would uh, particularly walk. My, my mouth is very long so that maybe that you know, elongates my lips in some way. So categories of uh, physical limitations are important to observe. Uh, rhythm and tempo is another thing that you want to give some clear uh, consideration to. Do, do they move frantically? Do they move uh, like a sloth? Do they move very slowly and, and with precision versus a, a ferret or a meerkat? Uh, do they stalk like a panther? Like how do they walk? Um, where is their center of weight and balance and power? Okay, like a, a silverback gorilla, you know, the power is all, you know, up, up in here, as opposed to uh, a salamander, right? Where's the, where's the balance in the center of power and balance in something fragile like that? So when you're studying these animals, you're looking for categories in order to go replicate, as opposed to just going off of concept, do some good research and try to identify centers of weight balance and power, rhythm and tempo, physical attributes and limitations. The sound that the animal makes is clearly going to be part of this exploration too, because ultimately you want to translate the way that the animal makes noise into the voice of the character. Yeah. And there's, there's a ton of other stuff, right? But those are, you know, plenty of things to go uh, explore in terms of categories. And then once you have all that data, you've done some research, put it all away, let it live inside of you, get on the floor and just become the animal, right? Don't, don't try to translate into realistic human behavior just yet. Just be the animal, feel it, see what it feels like. What does it do to you to move with those limitations, to feel the power come from a different place? Uh, you know, certain uh, primates don't have, uh, you know, thumbs that are, you know, open, right? They're sort of attached. And so they sort of grab like, you know, like, like a hook kind of, right? <laughs> and they use their tail as another appendage to, you know, to, to hang on. So the, these qualities and attributes are going to inform what you do. So just go play and explore. All right? Yeah, what, 100%. What and, and I think that, that was another thing. Um, no, that was, that was another thing, I think, when I got introduced to this. Was yeah, I didn't hugely get share the specifics. I, you know, it wasn't like exploring sort of, you know, centers of weight and balance and, yeah. and you know More that, that specificity. Yeah. And it, it became this general sort of exploration. And and, and and I think that just you don't get a huge amount from it. You, you get a general sense of yeah, so you may you try to be an animal, and then you can bring the general sense. So and I, and I think the yeah. exercises that we did with it when I first got introduced to it was like 
well, the end result was you, you created, like, like I, I did a gibbon. I think I spoke to you about this, maybe. I did, I did a gibbon, and, like, I turned that gibbon into, like, a superstar <laughs> DJ, you know, which, which was fun. It was a fun, sure. you had the long arms, and it was, yeah. like, a, a DJ sort of thing. And then, you know, I, I, yeah. a friend of mine that was part of the same class, he, he did this sort of dart frog thing that ended up being, like, a, a superhero agent. So, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. so you got these really lovely general washes of of the animal but i think what you're talking about going going those layers deeper with specificity yeah of being almost like a movement exercise yeah, yeah um is really gonna <clears throat> give you some bolt you know yeah. it really is so uh, amber you're you're spot on that's exactly where we are now so amber typed in can you do an example with a random character so amber um both adam and i have a a monologue uh called pun scum larry uh, Adam is going to say the monologue, embodying the essence of one animal. I'm going to embody the essence of a different animal doing the same monologue. And you'll see the difference in terms of the process of starting with the animal and then slowly translating it into realistic human behavior and how it shapes our physicality, our voice, all that good stuff. So yeah, Amber, it's it's on its way. I think you, normally what we do with these uh, these sessions is like the, the first 20, 30 minutes is discussion theory, and then we jump in and, and, and we do the practical exercise. So we I, thank you for asking, reminding us to stop talking. Let's get to work. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, Adam, what uh, what animal did you pick? So I, I picked for this evening's exploration. It's one I haven't explored before. Uh, it's, it'd be fun to, to sort of mess around with. Um, is the red squirrel, native of Scotland, known as a bit of a pest up here, actually. A bit of like okay. a rodent, really. Like, it's not got a good rap, the, the old red squirrel. People don't okay. like it. Poor red squirrel. Can you talk a little bit about like the, the psychology of the, the red squirrel? Is he, is he a friendly guy? Is he a mischievous guy? So yeah, I spent a bit of time, um, just as you were saying, so this was, I guess, the research stage of um, animal exploration. So obviously, couldn't go to a zoo, but went on YouTube um, and um, mm. yeah, check, checked it out. And I, I guess the, the psychology does seem quite mischievous, but um, there's certainly a lot of examples of it being quite mischievous. On edge, I'd say, definitely on edge. Mm-hmm. Kind of like seems quite uneasy in its own uh, its own skin. <laughs> um, it's always having a dart from one moment to the to the next. And, if you were going uh, to like cl- um, put a, a name to the red squirrel's rhythm and tempo, we had talked in past about rhythm and tempo being uh, legato, which is nice and smooth, staccato, which is short and choppy chaotic which is all over the place and silence but what what would you classify the rhythm and tempo of it one million percent is staccato however it does have this lovely legato in it it's like how if it begins to run oh my goodness it's got this lovely smooth fluidity to it like which would definitely be challenging to replicate um without breaking breaking some bones but it does have that fluidity once it starts moving yeah yeah and where do you think the power comes from? When, when it needs to dart, when it needs to move quickly, where does the power come from? Um, it, it's, it's, it seems like it's from its body. Like, it seems like it's sort of this fluid, vroom, 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 like, um, yeah, so from its, like, sort of, what, what were we for? Torso, I guess? Like, that, that's okay. a area that, and all the other parts of its body react to that. They sort okay. of react and move into it, you know? Okay. Possibly uh, the tail? Possibly the tail as well. The know. tail? Yeah. Can, are there any physical limitations? Like, can, can the red squirrel stand up on, on the back legs, or is it always just down on all four? I, uh, yeah, I think it, it can kind of go, go up. I, I mean, um, yeah, it can. It can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, it, it's, it's very physical. I, I mean, it doesn't have a huge amount of physical limitations. Other than I guess it's got really small legs. So yeah. it can. <laughs> It's it's sort of uh, you yeah, can't do great mounds and leaps sort of thing, but it, it does have a a mean jump. It can jump, jump quite far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Were you able to watch any videos that had a sound? Like, did it make any sounds? Yeah, I, I can. I mean, other than eating the nuts, like uh, there wasn't a huge amount of sound going on with the squirrel, and unfortunately, but um, but I still think as an actor you, you could envelop this this feeling of what the voice could be, even though it doesn't have. Yeah, yeah so, you have you to know. make a decision, right? It's sort of like um, yeah. a giraffe. 
Like I, I say, you know, okay, what does a cow say? What does a horse say? What does a pig say? We know these sounds. I say, okay, what does the giraffe sound like? And we're like, <laughs> I, I have never in my life heard a giraffe, right? So yeah, same thing yeah. with the squirrel. Like I think of a squirrel, all, all I think of is like. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, I, but then I still think you can embody, definitely embody the sense of the squirrel into a voice. I, I definitely think you can. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. I mean, obviously the, the camera's a little bit limiting and you're not going to be, you know, repositioning it so we can see you on the floor. But with inside the frame of the camera, as best you can, and maybe you can move back a little bit so we get it. I'm trying to get a little bit of playing yeah. area this evening yeah. since we've got a bit of movement and stuff. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll be limited, but I'll, I'll try my best. Can yeah. you just simply move around without any sort of obligation, but move in the rhythm and the tempo that you feel is truthful for the actual red squirrel, physically moving around, making any sounds or noises that you want with no obligation to do anything other than just explore for a couple of seconds. And in this stage, Jared, we're exploring the animal, like the animal's full physicality. So it's yeah, like, exactly. I, I'm the rhythm of the temple and I'm fully the animal of the moment. Yeah. yeah, we're not trying to translate anything yet into a character, human character. We're just trying to get a feeling of what, what does this animal actually feel like in my body? Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. anybody else that's watching this this is so entertaining this is this part's not going to make good, good stuff on the podcast because you can't see it but this is so enjoyable watching adam leap all around his furniture out of frame in frame so funny keep on going adam and while you're noticing this just f feel what it does to you from an emotional perspective that particular staccato rhythm and tempo um, are you are you feeling a sense of strength or vulnerability or insecurity or mischievousness? Just notice it. See you know see what it does to you. And, and if you if you had to pick one particular quality of that animal that clearly defined what it is, and and that animal could only do that one thing, what would that be? Would that be the leaping? Would that be the moving around? Would that be the fidgeting? You know, what would it be that would be the, the core essence of that particular animal? And notice where your balance is. Is it in the front, in the back, in the middle? Where's the power coming from? You had talked earlier about it coming from the torso, but while you're moving around, are you discovering that that's true or not true? Are you discovering that it's maybe someplace else in your body? And make a sound if the if this red squirrel could actually make a sound what do you think it would sound like if it was going to speak what would it sound like and does that sound does it seem to emanate from your guts from your chest from your head like where do you feel it emanating from good and now slowly begin to translate this, all of this, into realistic human behavior, right? So no human is going to bounce all around all the furniture like that, but they definitely could have the rhythm and tempo that you were there, that you were doing. So just slowly put, keep it in your body, but just slowly bring it up into realistic human behavior. Notice the different things that you saw before, but just subtleize it. Just soften it just enough that it's not so literal but it's just the guy that embodies the essence of that same psychology, that same rhythm and tempo, that same either mischievousness or insecurity. And notice how your body is beginning to shift and the emotions that you're feeling inside of you. And now if you were going to talk as a real person now and still embody the essence of that red squirrel's voice, what might you say if you're going to say, you know, hey, how you doing? Hey, good morning. Good afternoon. Hey, how are you? Just some random things. What, what's the voice? Hey, how you doing? How are you? All right. And how do you translate that 
how do you translate that into a physical a physicality that would be realistic for a human to do what what, what might that be you know picking your teeth I, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and so just keep on oh, subtleizing it just a little bit more just soften it a little bit so that it translates into more realistic human behavior that would wouldn't call attention like the audience would wouldn't look at that and go what's going on with that guy they're, they're acting strange it's just an attribute or a quality that still embodies the essence so it's just softening it just a little bit more yeah and hey how are you yeah let's hear the voice hey how are you hey yeah and so okay. why don't why don't you just start doing the monologue you know the the pond scumularity while you're still in this while you're embodying the essence of it and make discoveries along the way right stay out of your head keep it in your body <laughs> Dysfunctional, volatile, disengaged, narcissistic. That's what she called me. Yeah. That's how she described me to Becky. Why is she even talking to Becky anyway? Like, Becky don't know nothing and she knows it. And, and I'm thinking, what sort of distorted lens is she looking through? That, that's how she sees me. Disengaged. <laughs> Look, I've known myself my whole life and ain't nobody called me disengaged. I engage. I'm an engager. Put, put someone in front of me and I, I'll engage that heck out of it. Good. That physicality right there came out of the, the animal. You would have not done that had you not been exploring the, the red squirrel. Good. Keep going. You're doing awesome. Uh, I, I engage. I'm an engager. Put someone in front of me and I'll engage that heck out of it. Disengaged. I mean, none of this sense. And volatile. That's ridiculous. I'm as level as a two by four. I'm flat. I keep that inner stuff locked up, so I don't get it. She says this hogwash to Becky. Keep the voice. Becky, your your voice is slowly going back into um a, like an atom resonance here. See if you can recapture, reinvest in the in the uh, the red squirrel voice. Mm. She says this hogwash to to Becky, uh, and Becky thinks of nothing. Less than nothing. I, I'm pawn scum to these people. I, I'm dysfunctional, volatile, disengaged, narcissistic, pawn scum. And there ain't nothing I can do about it except embrace the new me. So, here's the me, pawn scum Larry. <laughs> yeah, good. All right, so big breath and shake it out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm back. <laughs> All right. So what was that experience like? What what did you discover? What things did you realize about the character, about the script that you hadn't thought of before? What were some net new things for you? Uh, so yeah, I guess um, paranoia, like maybe being the, the sort of um, thing that, that did come out of that, like that I, that I did feel was sort of uh, more prominent within doing it. Um, I think like, yeah, it, it, and it's interesting, right? Like, because we did like, a hugely whistle stop tour of that, right? We just we just sort of jumped in yeah. through the the layers and the, the stages. But I actually think a lot of the the essence of that, if I was able to distill it further, if I was able to focus it in more and like and, and soften the you know the, the process a lot more, like um, there could be a really interesting so I yeah character traits to be to be found within that. That model, this sort of twitchiness, fidgety sort of, like, you know, this character that's busy talking about all these other people, um, talking shit about them, basically. But then you think, like, well, maybe there's something up with, with you. <laughs> maybe, there's, maybe there's a reason, you know? You're yeah. getting described as all these things, you know? Like, uh, and these were so all I guess that were going on inside your head while you were exploring this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was so different than the last time or times that you've done it. Uh, I think, you know, if you were if you were given a, a breakdown of a character that said, you know, he's um, he's a fidgety, insecure, um, you know, uh, untrustworthy kind of guy. That might be a really good animal to to start exploring that you can build upon to then manifest that character type as opposed to just being a type and, mm -hmm. and doing it a certain way that will will be very predictable and very common. And, and a lot of actors are going to do the same kind of thing, 
your unique twitchiness, your unique uncertainty is going to be based upon this particular animal, which will make you stand out and be very specific. It's specific, right? That that is the that is the key thing, isn't it? Like, um, yeah. I think you know, for for me, like. I I probably would like to explore it further. I probably would like to be even more specific with the the movement, the twitchiness and stuff like that. Because yeah, like I, I think just given the time that this sort of thing needs, like yeah. you could really bring it to that that level and and, and make it really stand out. You know, I, I, look, I don't want to go overboard, but I, look, I I think that if you explore the animal on the floor without an obligation to translate it into realistic human behavior for an hour and a solid hour, right? It's not unreasonable to think that you, you could and should do that for an hour, that you would have so much information available to you to then build from for an entire rehearsal process, right? Yeah. So don't rush. To, obviously we, we're rushing here. You said it like a whistle, top, whistle stop tour, but, and it's right, right? We're just dipping our toe into the theory, but in practice, you would take a long time and an hour is a good solid time and multiple hours to explore and stay focused on just just rhythm and tempo for this session and then just voice on this session and then just balance and power on that session. And then, you know, at the end of the week of exploring this animal, you have so much quality data to build from and translate that into realistic human behavior. You, you're going to be unstoppable. It's, it's going back to your form, unstoppable. right? Unstoppable. Right. Um, but your form, you know, you're saying the whole toe to heel yeah. discovery, like, is through all this hours of, of data being collated and things like that. Like, um, and, and what I loved was, I loved the question that you asked me of, like, if you could distill it into one thing, you know, like, if you could be, like, focusing on the one thing. Because very quickly, I was like, I think it's more the, the fidgetiness of the head, like, that I'm yes. going to focus on here, sort of thing. Like, um, whereas before, there was a whole realm of possibilities. So, like, that's interesting as well, isn't it? Like, okay, now take a chunk of time to explore this one. Yeah, it doesn't need to be everything, right? Yeah. Just yeah. one quality. Yeah. And that can I be, that. as an actor, that could be your hook into the character, yeah. right? You know, that, yeah. that, that. That looking around that fit that fit. and so then look obviously if we're going to be on camera instead of it being all, all over the place it's just the eyes yeah 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 you know this is you just keep it here and and that will translate you know on camera as opposed to on stage you know that's, yeah yeah 100 percent subtleize it subtleize it specific one little hook and you're good boom um, I'm, how are we doing for the, Oh, yeah, we have time. We have time to switch roles yeah. here. Fantastic. Yeah, 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 great. So um, let's, let's go through this, this, this process um, together then. So, Jared, um, do you want to share? You, you did at the top of the episode, but just maybe share with, with people that maybe just joined us. So what, yeah. what is your animal you've picked? So the, the pond scum, Larry, because it says pond scum, it immediately, immediately made me think about, like, the bayou in Louisiana and like in the muck and mosquitoes. And so all of a sudden now I, I'm thinking about um, a, a crocodile, Mur like hovering just beneath the water surface and that, that murkiness and pond scum like all over the body of the, uh, of the crocodile. That to, to me, I was just instantly drawn to that. So I said, okay, let's, let's go explore that. You go on YouTube and you, you watch as many videos of the, the crocodiles, you know, like coming up over ju just their eyes, you know, and then going mm. down, you know, and mm. and then and then an attack, and then and then the spinning and the like all this, like yeah, like the research is great. Yeah, 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 no, fantastic. And and, and you, you've <clears throat> been through that process with this, right? Or, or like you you've sort of watched through the YouTube videos and and, and sort of yeah. gather gather data up to this point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Fantastic. So, and then um, so I'm and then I'm marrying my interpretation that, that this this crocodile is actually in you know the deep south uh, somewhere, you know, Louisiana, Alabama, some somewhere in in the murk, in the muck, in the pond, in you know, in the pond scum, and yeah. and the crocodile and 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 the the legato. Just like like under the water, just just slowly creeping and menacing, you know. Yeah, all of yeah. that for for me translates into a very specific voice, a very specific character. 
Did you find that there was any staccato rhythms when you were observing? Or yeah, all... when, when um, on some of the videos, when it attacks, you know, and it comes up to, to grab, it's, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't always, you know, just slowly go in and consume something, right? It, it'll come up and then... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then the psychology of this, this animal, I think you've touched on it, you know, a little bit, but like what, what are some, um, yeah, traits that you think it embodies under the, the murky waters there? Yeah, and I don't know if I'm projecting, but my body is pointing me in the direction of um, viciousness and menace and power, um, lurking in the shadows, um, never really revealing itself, um, cold, you know, cold-blooded, just, you know, cold, like, like, a, like a dead heart inside, you know, powerful, mm. strong, all that stuff just, just, just does something to my body, just makes me feel like heavy and grounded and, and close to the ground and, and short and stocky, mm. yeah. What, what do you think the predominant feature is when it's underneath, when it's under the murky surface? The one predominant feature, would you say, while it's under there waiting the, for its moment? The, the, the slowness and the, the precision in the, in the mm. patience, just that the mm. patience of it slowly, go, you know, like not just, just the eyes, mm. you know, mm. And, mm. and then just coming up, just the slowness of it. Yeah, so it's, it's the, the rhythm... Uh, the temp, the tempo, is the thing that like really drew me. And as I was, you know, exploring it, the the voice and like the elongation of some of the words, because of that, um, because because of that predominant feature, yeah. And then, and then just real quick before we dive in a little um, floor exploration on it, I mean, are you finding that? The, this moment that it turns the cattle like and then and, and makes its attack is that led by any specific part of um, the croc's body? Um, look, I don't know if this is right or not, but uh, in in my back, like I like because he moves, you know, like this. I feel like this. The, the back is really, really strong and powerful. So the attack, I feel, it's not coming from like the short legs. It's coming from the back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's where my power is. It's all. It's all here. Yeah. No. And and then when you were observing, did you pick up any noises? Anything? Any anything like noises that the crocodile makes? Uh, very little. Um, and so I, I think I imposed because of my interpretation of pond scum, Larry, and uh, it being in the pond and me feeling like I'm in Louisiana. I instantly connected to this, like this deep Southern American accent. Um, but yeah, but it's, it, it's not, it's connected to the crocodile in terms of it being, my, my voice is sort of like a, on a higher register. Um, but the, the, uh, this one, it's, it's, it's softer, more monotone or more in the, in the body and the chest as opposed to the head. Wonderful. Wonderful. And, and, and I think that's, that's beautiful in the same way that you took me through that process is it just allows you to go into this with a huge amount of specificity, right? If, if, like, if you just said to me, go, go and do the, the squirrel, like before we went into this exercise, I, I would have just done a squirrel. But you really made me think. You really, really did, like, um, about each and every movement that I was making and stuff, and <laughs> started to make me think, like, what is it being led by? Which part of the body and stuff? So, um, so that's great. Um, uh, so, and hopefully people that are doing this exercise over doing have the same thing before they jump into it. Um, so, without further ado, Jared, I'll let the crocodile take the floor for a little while. I wonder um, if I can move this out of the way for a minute. Sure. And, and this is the classic thing, right? And it's a movement based that we've done on two guys talking craft. It's just limited on a phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just one of these things. Um, fantastic. So if you are listening on the podcast, Jared is moving himself very slowly, very deliberately upwards and downwards lurking on the surface. All we're seeing is his eyes as he lurks up and down, very slow, a deliberate movement going on. He's coming closer. Further away. 
And there's lots of movement going on with his, his mouth, his jawline as well. And just explore, Jared, you know, is it the back that is this, this dominant, powerful feature that you feel, or is it actually something else? Great, and just really uh, explore that. If it was making noise, what would that noise sound like? Where do you feel the vocal, that noise is coming from? Is it from the depths of the stomach? Is it from the throat? Is it from the back of the, the throat? And if you could focus on just one part of this animal, one part of this crocodile, what would be the focus? There's been a lot of lurking under the surface, moving around, there's been a lot of... But what's the one prominent feature that you'd like to really focus on? And just slowly, slowly start to embody this, soften it. If we were at 100% crocodile, let's just soften it down to 90%. And keep going through the process of softening the crocodile into a more human approach and going down 10% every time softening softening and finding yourself back to more human quality wonderful and keep softening and focus on that thing that prominent feature you were going to focus on as the crocodile. But this time, try and embody that in this new human form. Wonderful. And when you feel ready, you can start the monologue. Dysfunctional, volatile, disengaged, narcissistic. Yeah, that's what she called me. Yeah. See, that's how she described me to Becky. Why is she talking to Becky anyway? See, Becky don't know nothing. She knows it. And I'm, I'm thinking, what sort of distorted lens is she looking through that that's how she sees me? Disengaged. Now look, I've known myself almost my whole life and ain't nobody called me disengaged. See, I, I engage. I'm an engager. Put something in front of me, or I will engage the heck out of it. Disengage makes no sense at all. I am volatile. Well, that's, that's ridiculous. I'm as level as a two by four. I'm flat. I keep that in the stuff locked up so I don't get it. She says it's hogwash to Becky, and now Becky thinks I'm nothing. I less than nothing. I'm pawn scum to these people. I'm dysfunctional, volatile, disengaging, narcissistic pawn scum. And they ain't nothing I can do about it except embrace the new me 
is to me Palm Skull Larry. Wow. Excellent. Very, very nice. And come back to us. Wonderful. What, what was, uh, I mean, I don't know if you've, if you've had that for that monologue in the past. Like, what was the, was there any new discoveries for you there? Oh, yeah. 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 Just, just begging, just chewing her up. <laughs> just consuming her, yeah. Like, she became this, uh, this target, this evil person on the outside that, uh, uh, well, yeah. I wanted to uh, yeah. eviscerate her. She, there was she, such um, vitriol and gall and, and danger, right? There was real danger to it as well. That just um, you didn't know what what was going to happen next. Even though there was this very slow, deliberate sort of draw and like this guttural like sort of feel to yeah, Becky and all that stuff. You felt he could snap at any time. You, you felt he could move into that staccato sort of moment at any time as well you know like um of just like uh, snapping you know and, and it was yeah. it was a huge presence i think you know with with that one like definitely nothing in the monologue triggered in me um that snapped so i, I didn't do it i i thought about it you know but totally. it, like i didn't obligate myself to do anything other than what my body was telling me to do so totally and i i think as a you know from a coaching uh, point of view I, I was thinking you know is there any places for this it, it didn't feel it didn't feel like you know it, it felt like what you know that, that exploration there was very sort of it felt like it was very natural very sort of like um you know uh, justified you know and then the, yeah. the snap maybe happens elsewhere <laughs> you know maybe. At another point somewhere down yeah. the line and, and to be fair, there were moments where I was in my head and thinking about stuff. And, and um, when you when you asked the question about like, what specific part of my body, it reminded me about my back. And so, you know, like I rolled my shoulders forward and, and it just reinvested me in the feeling of, of the power and the groundedness mm -hmm. and the murkiness of it. So that was, you know, it was good. Because um, there okay. were moments where I was like, I was more uh, disconnected. And by going back to the process, it, it, it reinvested me in it. Yeah, I, I, it was. It was honestly, it, it was wonderful. Like I, I was just very taken in by it. I was, I was just very drawn into and it all. And like, right, like I, so, di so different. Like your, you know, your your fidgeting, yeah. nervousness, and and the the nonsense that I just created. Um, you know, it's just beautiful to see how if you if you follow the process of working the animal through proper data, proper research. Don't rush. Take your time. Put it in your body, little by little translated into realistic human behavior you end up with something that feels like a, a realistic human with a really interesting quality about them and you begin exploring sites to yourself mm -hmm. that you wouldn't naturally jump in and explore right like I, I think automatically we maybe set limitations as to ah oh, that's that's not really me or listen like yeah sure. what, you know but here was you this deep south louisiana and so you know dangerous sort of character like which is not you know you you personally like because i've known you a while now and um, yeah. but it's, it seems so natural and realistic because you came from it from data from specificity yeah. and like um how wonderful is that right it just gives you so much color and, yeah. and, and options to play with so i guess it would be like uh if you had a preconception that i'm not that type i'll never get cast as that particular type like i you know i could label myself and say there's no way that i'm ever going to get cast as the you know the the deep south louisiana um serial killer well, well maybe i can you know, yeah. if I embody yeah. the essence of this, uh, this crocodile, may maybe I can, maybe I can create something at an audition that makes them see me in a way that, you know, I, I, c I could get cast as something like that. It gives you options, right? It gives you like, uh, just different <laughs> ways to unlock that door for yourself. Like that maybe otherwise is, is shut, right? It's, yeah. um, and that, that's what it's all about, isn't it? That's what two guys talking craft is all about, isn't it? Just, uh, adding to that repertoire, adding yes. two walks and then... It's amazing. Um, yeah. right, so we have like, we've got a minute left. So let's just, uh, we'll wrap it up. I'll say oh, uh, thank you to you. Happy New Year to you. Where can people find you? Oh, my man, yeah, they can find me on Stop Wax Studio on Instagram, Twitter, all that business. Some, some exciting news dropping on Friday on Stop Acting Studio Wise as well. And Jared, what's going on with yourself? Uh, in rehearsals for my play. Hopefully we get to uh, perform it at the end of January. And you can find me at actorsapproach.com.
But please do, people. You know, the content has gone on over there, the blogs, you name it. And, of course, the Actors Approach Craft Any Toolbox is unmissable. So please do check it out. And, Jared, until uh, two weeks' time, my friend. We'll see you in two weeks. We'll be back for episode 13. Is that a bad omen? Who knows? Hopefully not. I will will miss you. Absolutely. I will miss you. (laughs) (laughs) Right back at you. Right back. You're making me feel like a paranoid fidgety squirrel here. Come on. Uh, But take care, everybody. All the very best. See you soon. Bye.